Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. God who fights for us. And Lord, as we start this series tonight, as we jump into your word and we look at the idea of fighting for our spiritual life and also you fighting for us, I ask that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, would you minister to us? Would you open our eyes to, to see what we need to see, uh, but also uh, just to maybe in our own walk, God, where we might be failing, would you minister to us? And for some people, if they've come in tonight, they're just totally discouraged. They're totally just beat down in, the, in their in life, and everything just seems so heavy. I pray, God, in a supernatural way, would you encourage them tonight? And would you help all of us to love Jesus as a result of tonight? We pray this in your name. Amen. You may take a seat. Um, Jonathan, if you want to turn me down just a hair. Uh, tonight we're starting this series, which we've been talking about, uh, Fight Club. And for the next four weeks, I think it's going to be four, I might go five, depending on uh, the last one. But anyway, we're talking about this idea of Fight Club and fighting for your, your spiritual life and also how God fights for you. And, and next week we'll talk about how you fight uh, for your friends and how you should fight for them and stand up for them and really care for someone spiritually, just so you kind of know where we're going. But for tonight, we're talking about the idea of really three things, of how you should fight really yourself spiritually, how you should fight, uh, you should ha- let God fight for you, and then also how you should stop fighting God. And so if you have a Bible, I'm going to kind of be all over the place, but Acts chapter 9 is going to be eventually where I get it. It's going to take me a little bit to get there, but Acts chapter 9. Uh, would you pull up this picture uh, for us to kind of start off tonight, all these uh, six pictures I have. Uh, this one here is my daughter. Um, that is someone who, uh, believe it or not, uh, we get in fights often. Um, she will, if I tell her not to do something at one years old, she walks around the corner, she stomps her feet, and she grunts. And I'm like, Hope, why is she like you? How did she get that? No, I don't say that. I'm like, it's crazy. How does she know how to do it? We get in fights. Um, This is Pastor Butch and my dad on the second picture. I get in fights with them all the time. And they're good kind of fights. They're arguing fights. They're uh, philosophy arguments. They're, you know, maybe Bible arguments. I fight with these type of men. This is Craig. I just found that picture, and it has nothing to do with anything, but I'm like, that picture's awesome. So he's just snoozing on it, so I brought it. Um, These bottom two are of my wife. She will kill me for putting this picture on here, but I just had to. She was about to get her tonsils out, and I had this picture. I'm like, we will get in a fight because I brought this picture. Um, And that is Luke on the bottom right. I fight him probably every time we have a conversation. We're yelling at each other. We're fighting each other. We're getting in an argument. Uh, But you can go back to the previous slide. This concept of Fight Club, how many of you have ever uh, been in a real, don't, don't lie, you've been in a legitimate fight before? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, so a few of us, maybe uh, some of you have done martial arts, you've done jiu-jitsu, that's kind of popular now, you've done boxing. Uh, the first fight I ever, got in, I ever got into, I actually brought some boxing gloves. So I'm going to have Jeremiah come up, him and I are going, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, if we got in a fight, it would be, yeah, you know. So anyway, uh, these boxing gloves, uh, the first fight I ever got into, I was in sixth grade. 
Man, my buddy Alex and I, he is, uh, his name is Alex Ripken. We still talk to this day. He's probably, I think he's 6'5 or 6'6 now. And even in 6th or 7th grade, I was pretty short. And I remember it was like after school and a lot of us were talking. Someone had boxing gloves and we would go to uh, my buddy Tyler's house and we would set up like a little boxing time or a boxing ring or whatever. And we were going to kind of just have it out. And it really wasn't like we were mad at each other. We were upset at each other. It was simply because we were in sixth grade, we're 13 years old or so, and we just had all of this angst we had to get out. So I remember the first time, like, if you've ever been in a fight, you walk in and you are like, you're, you're feeling it, right? You have some adrenaline. You're like, this is going to be sweet. And I didn't calculate how far his reach was. You, you know what I mean? So I'm walking down, I'm like, let's go. And we, and I still remember we had boxing gloves. And I remember I went in and I got like here and boom, just got smacked right in the face. And it registered in my mind at that moment, this isn't good. But we already had the time, right? You're going two minutes or whatever it is. So during this time, we, we fought. The only thing I got in the whole fight, he still to this day will talk about, I like ducked and I punched like this and I hit him right in the ribs. And he said, that was the only punch I got in like 10 minutes of boxing. It was a bad fight and I shouldn't have fought someone that size. I should have fought someone my own size. But anyway, tonight when we are talking about Fight Club, um, this concept, and as I'm kind of pitching this series, I want to give just a quick invitation, quick invitation. All of us, all of us are in some type of spiritual fight. No matter where you've come from, where you are in your spiritual life, if you've never heard about Jesus, you don't walk with Jesus, you're in a spiritual fight. If you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, you are in a spiritual fight. If Christianity is brand new to you, brand new to you, maybe you just got saved, you just got baptized, you are in a spiritual fight. And there is this sense where we, you and I, have an enemy. We really do, and that's the first thing why, why we're talking about Fight Club or why Fight Club. You have an enemy. Whether you realize it or not, there is a reason, there is a reason why you feel so depressed all the time. There's a reason you feel so anxious all the time. There's a reason that you have lost purpose. There's a reason, I believe, that when people are younger and they start to follow Christ or they start to kind of live out what God has for them, and then after a few years, they just become really complacent. I think there's a reason you have an enemy. It says in John 10.10, that the thief comes to steal, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That God has what is called something good for you or abundant life. That God is trying to do something in your life. The enemy, he has three things he's trying to do in your life. He's trying to steal, he's trying to, ki he's trying to kill, and destroy. In every relationship you have, every single time, you start to have the concept in your mind of, I want to do something for God. I want to walk with God. I want to have joy. I want to pursue God. The enemy becomes active. When I was a high school pastor, we would always say this around March. Every time March would hit, we would say, yeah, we believe the devil is real. We believe the devil is trying to distract you and he's trying to do things. But he doesn't need to really do that much because he has baseball season. Because when baseball season would come around, the youth group would be split by 50%. If we had 70 kids, March would hit, and we would have 30 kids, and we wouldn't see 35, 30 kids until September. Where were you? Baseball season. You just totally knocked them off. 
right? That really, I mean, just think about it. How, how, does, how, do, how do you become distracted? I become distracted or I, uh, that the devil is maybe after my life. I just become more passionate about things that really don't matter at all. They don't even matter. So the reason we're talking about this is because you have an enemy. Number two, why Fight Club? You're unaware. It says in 2 Corinthians 2, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Have you ever, have you ever uh, started a conversation with someone and you didn't know that they were mad at you? Right? And then you started to realize as you were talking to them, you're like, hey, did I do something? Hey, did I say something? And, and you, you don't know. And then they're like, hey, know that you said this, this offended me, or you didn't tell me happy birthday, or you didn't do this. And you're like, oh my gosh, I did not know that I offended you. Now, the devil's not mad at you because uh, you didn't tell him happy birthday, but you get the idea that um, we are unaware sometimes, that we are in what is called a spiritual fight, that there is something going on, and a lot of us, we're just unaware. We don't know why we're so depressed. We don't know why we don't really care about God. We don't know why we really don't want to read our Bibles at all. We don't really know why we don't want to pray at all. We don't know why, but we just don't want to. And next thing you know, we just move on with life and we just become really apathetic. Number three, why Fight Club? It's a different kind of fight. It says in Ephesians 6, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So when we talk about fighting or a spiritual fight, a lot of us think of maybe boxing gloves. Right? We think of fighting, we think of something active, we think of something that is aggressive. When you think of maybe uh, God being, or you know, the devil attacking you, you might think of someone who has hurt your spiritual walk. You think of a parent, you think of a friend who used to follow Jesus, who was anything but Jesus to you. You think of someone else, and the Bible says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, that there's not a, a physical person that's attacking us. Rather, it's a spiritual one. And lastly, why fight club number four? Victory is possible. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is this thing that is called victory in Christ. You and I are in a spiritual fight, and victory is possible. It is not, it is not that nothing bad will ever happen to you, but rather you have purpose and that God is with you in the midst. It is not that anything bad, nothing bad will ever happen to you when you walk with God, that finally when you have victory, nothing wrong is ever going to happen, everything's going to be good. No, it's rather that God is with you and that he gives you purpose in the midst. And so here are, and before I jump into this, three signs I'm losing the fight. You would know, you would know you're losing the fight if these three things are true of you. Number one, following Jesus is really boring. It's just boring. You have no real joy from it. Um, you, feel like you, just, you feel like you're always on the outside looking in. Anytime you try to uh, pursue after God, it just becomes boring. And I believe that for us, um, as people who live in America, uh, one of the things that is so true, that, that is true, I, I believe it's really spiritual, but it's hard to tell. It's just apathy. You just don't care. You just have no passion for anything. 
Like nothing. And let alone passion for God. You would know, man, signs I'm losing is just, I just become apathetic. I just become bored. I don't engage with God at all. I don't engage with his word at all. And when I do, it's just like reading words on a page. I know I'm losing if following Jesus is just really boring. Just another thing on the, on the checklist. Number two, signs I'm always losing the fight. I'm always a victim. Ah, oh, this one's just for me. So I know I am losing some kind of spiritual battle when I am always the person that people are attacking. It's a flesh and blood. It's disunity. It's someone is, is after me. Someone is mad at me. Someone's out to get me. It talks about in Philippians, one of the devil's main things is to cause disunity. That gossip becomes normal. That uh, ridicule and slander, all those things. I know I'm losing the fight when I'm always the victim. And number three, I got to be super careful here. But signs I'm losing is just that struggling is popular. So, in in my circles of people who are a little bit older and, uh, you know, we have a young married group. We're not as, I mean, we're 27, 25, 30. We're not young, but we're married and we have kids. And this is how I know in our group when people are, when I'm losing the fight. When struggling, struggling is just something that is the way that we are. Now, here's why you have to be careful. In Romans 7, the Bible says, and the writer says this, I do the things I don't want to do. Struggling, struggling is actually a mark of a Christian. Someone that does some things that they don't really want to do that you and I would take one step forward and two steps back. As Christians, that is a mark of a Christian. But here is a phrase that I have seen over and over in my own life, and here's how I know I'm losing a fighter. I'm just kind of actively stepping back, or I'm passively stepping back. I'll ask this, I'll ask this question. Hey, how is it going um, with reading your Bible? Right, we've been talking about that. Could be better. How are you doing praying? Oh, could be better. Hey, I, I, I've been praying for you to share your faith with that person. How's that going? Just, just could, could be better. Well, you've been saying could be better for three years. So eventually, struggling just becomes this thing that we just kind of, it's just, it's fun to say. And next thing you know, there's nobody that, who has their heart after God. Nobody who would say, no, you know what, I'm actually going to pursue. So, and, and I'm sharing these, not that you would sit there and think I'm being hard on you, but rather, these are signs I'm losing. These are signs for me when I'm just saying, hey, it just is what it is. It's just I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Now, struggling is normal. Don't hear me wrong. But struggling cannot just be the thing that I'm going to struggle my way until I die and I just, yeah, it just could have been better. Could have been better. When will I say, hey, you know what? I am seeking to be a man after God's own heart. And I'm no longer going to say, yeah, I'm just struggling with this sin. But rather, I'm going to say, I'm actually doing things to have victory over this. Actually doing things to have victory. Before I jump into the three things, one last thing, because I kind of got to introduce the series. Pull up 2 Timothy 4. Choosing not to fight is choosing to lose. And let me just say this before I read it. If you are thrown into the octagon in MMA and you decide not to fight, do you have that choice at that time? Nope. They're coming. Like he... If you are thrown into a fight, you have no choice. You're, you're going to get pummeled, or you can just curl up and get pummeled that way. But you will get beat up. Now, 
I'm not promoting fighting. We're not going to have a fight here tonight. That would actually be kind of fun. But anyway, that's a good, that would be a sweet thing. But here, here's what's true about the spiritual life. When you make the decision, when I make the decision, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to ask him as my personal savior. I'm going to admit my sins. When you make that decision, and shoot, when you decide to get baptized, you are choosing to fight. It's a battle you've already said. This is what I'm stepping into. Whether we admit it or not, we have an enemy. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. This is the end of his life. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And at the time of my departure has come. So he's about to die. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You and I will not be able to keep the faith unless we fight the good fight. You don't get to the end of your life following Jesus and become really godly on accident. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just wish your way into it. You actually have to fight the good fight of faith. He says, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who loved his appearing. Choosing not to fight is choosing to lose. So the only thing, and I'll talk about this in a second, but you and I are pretty powerless when it comes to our spiritual life. And what God has done is he has given us the Bible. He's given us God's word to to speak to us and to minister to us. And tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull out three things, three simple rules for us. Um, If you want to say, hey, I find myself super hooked by shame, depression, anxiety. I have no purpose in my life. I feel like that's just, just my game. I feel like I don't really love God like I should or I could. I don't really care as much as I should. I've always struggled with this one sin, and the devil's just convinced me that, hey, that's your lot in life, and that's just going to be the way till you die. You've convinced yourself of these things, and you want something more. You want something more. You want to get to a point where you would say, I am pursuing Christ. So the only way, the only way, and this is the small tangent. If you're new here tonight, I'm sorry. The only way I know how to lead or teach or do anything is to, I mean, I'm, my heart is on my sleeve all the time. I mean, I'm just, you never have to guess. I wonder what he's going through. You never have to guess. I mean, you remember that from the relationship series. You remember that from the Wonder Year series. It's always from a point of, man, this is what God is teaching me. And hey, do you want to jump into that? Do you want to come along as I'm trying to learn what God would have for me? So if that's you, here are three things, three things that I think that are rules for Fight Club and rules for us. Number one, fight against yourself. It says in Galatians 5, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. If there is anything that describes our life or my life, it's that last little bit to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Do you ever feel like you are in a fight against yourself? You're fighting against feelings you have, regrets you have, emotions you have. Shoot, aren't you fighting against your mind? Just feel like you're fighting against yourself. And he says, but if I walk by the Spirit, I will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
And in one translation, it says they make war with each other. They're pulling each other in two different directions. You and I constantly have our flesh in the world. It says in 2 John 2.16, it says that the desire of the eyes and the pride of life, really the devil is pulling us in that direction and to the world that is wasting away. Don't you just feel a pull constantly in a direction that you know in the end probably won't make you happy, but at least for a little bit, at least for a time, at least for the night, or at least for the week, or at least for, whether it's money, or comfort, or sex, or porn, or whatever, just pulling you, and you're like, at least, at least I'll feel good for a little bit, right? You feel that pull, and the Spirit is pulling you this way, and you're kind of like, well, you're, you're tied up, right? You're kind of, you're, you're fighting against yourself, and one of the things when you're fighting against yourself, what I have learned in my own life, the biggest fight is the fight to forgive yourself. Don't you feel that? Don't want to forgive yourself. Shoot, you've just done too many wrong things. You've had some crazy thoughts. You've had some just weird episodes where you're losing your mind. And you're like, man, if anyone knew that about me, they would think I'm crazy. And, let, and, and then you try to forgive yourself, and you're like, if I can't forgive myself, how would God? How would God forgive, forgive me? Shoot, I was just singing on Wednesday, or I was singing on Sunday, or I was saying this, or I got baptized on this day. Next thing you know, I, I'm caught up in this sin. Now what do I do? If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Next slide says in James 1, let no one say when he is tempted. This is one of my favorite verses. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. He himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Guess who I have to blame when something's going wrong in my life? Me. Can't blame my surroundings. Can't blame your boss. Can't blame the school. Can't blame, you, you fill in the blank, and that is where we become the victim. We just, it's easier to blame someone else, get pissed off at them, tell someone else about it, get a little posse around it, and say, this is their fault. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. I can't blame God. I have to take ownership, and I have to say, I'm in a fight against myself. And if we could wrap our minds around, and, and this is for me too. If, if there was four of us, four of us, it says in uh, Matthew 5, 5, 5 and 6, that blessed is the man who thirsts and hunger for righteousness, for theirs will be the kingdom of God. That if there was four of us, even myself included, who wanted, who thirsted, who thirsts for righteousness, who wanted God to be everything and not just an add-on, but wanted him to be center, I think he could blow things up. And not even numerically, but just like spiritually, if you know what I'm talking about. That, even that alone, we just fight against ourselves. Number two, th uh, second rule for Fight Club is that you need to fight God's way. Um, how many of you, uh, this will just put us in a category. You remember the song, I'm in the Lord's Army. Just raise your hand. I may not, no, you ain't got to do it. But anyway, I just wanted to see if you knew. What if we did? <laughs> like, shoot. The, uh, Exodus 15, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. He is a God of love. 
He is a God of grace. He is a God of justice. And he is a God of war. He's a man of war. Uh, I was talking to a man today, ran into him, his name was Lonnie, got to share the Lord with him, randomly walking his dog, found him, started talking to him, and he said, invite him to church, he said, uh, he said I, I'll, I'll come to church, you guys, you guys love people there? I was like, I, I think, I mean, I, I, I hope. He's like, is anyone ex- accepted there? And I was like, for sure. And he started listing categories of people and I was trying, he was like, well, they should be invited, and they should be invited, and they should, you know, because God, if he's real, he's a God of love. And I was like, why don't you come find out? I was like, and, and I was trying to explain to him that God is a God of love, but he also is a God of truth. And he's also a man of war. Sometimes we think of Jesus, we think of sweet baby, hug you Jesus, right? Don't you? I do. I'm kind of like, he just, you know, Jesus and me. Like, you're kind of, it's, you, you put him in, a, it's something in your mind that you already have. But when it says he's a man of war, in Revelation 19, in verses 11 and 13, it says that when he returns, he's got a tattoo on his thigh. He has a robe dipped in his blood. He has a sword that is the word of God, and he is coming back, and he is not coming back, sweet baby Jesus. He comes back as a man of war. And so, if you're going to fight, you have to fight God's way. You can try to fight your way, I can try to fight my way, but there is a way that is God's way. And it says in Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. There it is again. One night I'm going to spend the whole night talking about Ephesians 6, how we have the word of God, how we have the sword, how we have the shield, how it says in in Ephesians 6, and this is probably most applicable to us, it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith so that you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. That the devil is constantly throwing lies at you. Constantly just throwing things in your head, feeding you. And why, why do you think anxiety, depression, no purpose in life just marks our freaking day? Why do you think that? That's not just on accident. That's not just because of not just randomly happened to a generation who has Instagram. I'm tired of hearing that. It's, it's the devil constantly, and maybe through that, I don't know, right? But, but constantly feeding these lies to us. So there is a way to fight. And I'm going to read, it's, it's a longer psalm, but I think it's necessary to read the, most of it. <clears throat> it says this, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. Don't you sometimes, people who don't follow God, isn't it easy to envy them or compare with them or to want what they have? And you're kind of like, how do they not follow God and they have, their whole life looks better than mine? Like I thought following God, all of this was supposed to happen, that I was supposed to have a, a, a significant other really quick. I was supposed to have all the money. I was supposed to have all the opportunity. He says, don't envy someone who is an evildoer or wrongdoer. For they will soon fade like grass and wither like a green herb. And here's where it gets practical. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Next slide. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in the way. I'm going to read that again. 
Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in the way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoer shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Next slide. Gives these, you can go to the next one, I'll skip that. The, I give, it gives six things here that, you, that that psalm tells us to do. It says to trust, it says to do good, it said to delight, commit, be still, and wait. In Psalm 37. Just leave those six things up. It said in Exodus 14, 14, don't pull it up. It just says that you should be still and the Lord will fight for you. That you should sometimes, instead of attacking a situation or a person, you should be still and wait. When we fight God's way, fighting God's way, twice in the Bible, it gives a command in the New Testament on how to respond or act to the devil if you're going to fight God's way. It says in James 4 that you should resist the devil and he will flee from you. That you should resist. It says in 1 Peter 5 the same, same type of thing, that you should resist, that you should t- stand back in a sense. And the only thing, the only time it tells us to be active is when it is with God's word. That if we're going to fight God's way, I can't expect, I can't expect that I'm going to have any type of victory and any type of success in my walk with the Lord apart from this if I have it. I just can't even, I can't even begin to, to even act like I'm fighting. Going into a fight without any, any type, it's, it's literally going in with no weapon whatsoever. The only weapon you and I have is this right here. This is what God gives us. A lot of times we want a sign a lot of times we want something louder. A lot of times we want something in the sky. And God just kind of pushes this thing back across the table and says, right here. Right here. And those six things I need to get way better. I need to trust. I need to do good. I need to delight. I need to commit. I hate being still. And I hate waiting. It says to wait. In Isaiah 40 says, those who wait for the Lord, he will renew their strength. Waiting is not popular at all. We're not trained to wait. We don't know how to wait. When you ask God for something, there's nothing about waiting that is cool and fun and enjoyable. Nothing. I don't like waiting for anything. So when I don't feel good, when I feel like I have no purpose, when I feel like I can't forgive myself, I want immediate, immediate Relief. God, why don't you take this away? Wait for the Lord. God, why do I feel this way? Wait, wait for the Lord. It says in Psalm 42, Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. And thirdly, tonight we'll end with this one in Acts 9. It took me a long time to get there, but stop fighting God. <clears throat> I used to believe that surrender was a one-time event. That when you accept Christ and you lay down your life, that it's a one-time surrender. I, I used to think that way. Now I am reminded that it is an ongoing daily event. Let me read this and we'll get into Acts 9. If anyone would come after me, Jesus said, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, 
but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? I believe that most of us are fighting God. Unknowingly. We maybe think it's ourselves, or maybe we don't know how to fight, but we, we're fighting God. And we're, I thought about talking about Jacob tonight for some of you in Genesis um, 32. I'd read the story. It's toward the end of Genesis 32. It's about this man who had fought with God or striven with God. And how, <clears throat> I mean, he lost. You can look into it and kind of read, but at the end of the day, when you fight God, guess what happens? You lose. Let's look at Acts chapter 9. I do not have it on the screen, so if you have a Bible or a phone, I would just encourage you to be there. Acts chapter 9. It says this, But Saul was still breathing threats and and murder against the disciples of the Lord, and went to the high priest and asked him for a letter, the synagogue at Damascus, so he found out any belonging to the way, man or woman, he might bring them and bound them to Jerusalem. Now he went on his way, he approached Damascus. I want to just tell you something real quick. This guy, he kills Christians for a living. That's his job. You go to work and you clock in and we flip burgers, we, we help people, we're in retail, maybe you're landscaping. He clocked in and he would put Christians in jail. That was his full-time job. Probably not nine to five, that's probably a nighttime gig, but I'm just assuming it's a different gig than you have. It's a different one, right? So, so he goes, he gets papers, and he says, if I find anyone, I'm going to put them in jail. I don't like Christians. I hate them. I think that they're the worst, and I want nothing to do with them on planet Earth. That's this guy. It says in verse 3, And suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, neither ate nor drank. When you fight God, guess what happens? You lose. When you try to fight God on your terms, guess what happens? You lose. When you allow God to use you and you fight with God, guess what happens? You win. You and I have the opportunity with our life to allow God to fight for us and fight with us. Or we can say, God, I don't want you a part of my life, and I will fight for myself. I don't need you. I know more about life than you, and I'll fight for myself. That is when we lose 365 days out of the year. There's this quote from Tim Keller that I saw it on Monday, and it just whooped me. It says this, If you set yourself against to defy his will, you will end up accomplishing his will at your own expense as did Pharaoh and those who crucified Jesus, Tim Keller, said that if you decide to say, I'm not going to do anything for God, God will still accomplish what he wants. It says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we should walk in them. That he's not going to cat in a sack, make us do it, but with or without us, his will will be accomplished. So we can decide, God, 
I'm going to jump on your agenda. I'm going to do this your way. I'm going to, in a sense, in my fight with myself, I'm going to throw up my white flag. I'm going to surrender. And for some of us, you've never thought about that before. You've never thought about surrendering your life to Christ. That you would confess and believe, and that you would put your faith in Christ, that you would finally say, I'm done living life my way, I just can't do it. I've lost every single time. I've lost, every time I get in a fight, I lose. I am oh and whatever. I don't win. I can't win. And tonight, why don't you just make that decision and say, you know what, I'm ready, I'm ready to stop fighting God. And then for the rest of us, for some of us here tonight, you've been walking with Christ for a while, but there are just things where you've just kind of bowed out of the fight. You don't want to fight anymore. You, you're just, you're tired. You're trying to do things yourself. And, and for us, it says in John 10, 10, how it said the thief comes to steal, kill, and, de- and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. He does not want your surrender so that you would hate your life and hate yourself. He wants your surrender so that he would give you joy and purpose and meaning but it is active on your part and mine. Why not? Why not say, God, I'm ready to stop fighting, my, fighting this fight my way, and I want to fight your way. I want you to fight for me, and I want to fight with God. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for tonight. God, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy to us. And God, I'm just so thankful for what your word says and how it challenges us. I just want to finish out tonight reading Isaiah 43, 1-3 for us as a group. It says this in Isaiah 43, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When I pass through the waters... I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Fear not, for I am with you. God, I pray for those in this room who have never made a decision to follow Christ. It just seems so scary. It seems so fearful. It seems like the most unwise decision that they would ever make. I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, prick their heart right now and would they realize that fighting against you is the worst decision that they can make, that rather they would be on your team instead of against you. And God, for the rest of us who would say, I'm following Christ, I just want something more. I just want God to use me. I just want to have purpose in my life. I want to, in this fight, I want to, I want to win some battles. I want to see people come to know Christ. I want to win battles in my own heart, in my own life. I want to see you destroy idols that I worship. I want to, I want to see you help me to, to become a man or woman after God's own heart and not just struggle with things and just allow that to become complacent in my life. God, would you help us to have truly a heart abandoned and that the only way any of that is possible is because you decided to conquer and win and defeat death 
that victory is impossible apart from you for our spiritual battle. We cannot, we cannot win the battle against our sin. Only you can. Would you guys stand as we sing?